What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of X Knows All. I'm so happy you guys are here with me in your AirPods or on your computers or on your commute to work. I am honored to be sharing this space with you. Before we dive into the episode, I'm sure I have a couple new listeners on here. I was recently on Shannon from Fluently Forward's podcast discussing celebrity stalkers. And in that same vein, I thought, you know, what's like a celebrity stalker adjacent episode that I could come out with? And of course, my mind immediately went to Pretty Little Liars, which was the most iconic show, dare I say, the most iconic show from 2010 to 2017. And I know a lot of people have a lot of thoughts on it. They say it's so unrealistic. It was stupid. It took us in like 5 million directions with no actual clear and concise ending. And yes, all of those things can be true. But at the same time, that whole show was prefaced on a stalker, essentially, on A or AD. So I figured what better way to kind of tangent into Pretty Little Liars straight off the episode with Shannon. And I know a lot of you guys are probably new here if you just listened to me for the first time on Fluently Forward. So welcome to the show. My name is Christy. I do mini deep dives on specific celebrities. Sometimes I like to switch it up and do like, you know, random, just more conversational podcasts. But my bread and butter is in fact mini deep dives covering a single celebrity and walking through the inception of their life, their family dynamics, who they are, how they got into the show business, some weird, crazy rumors about them, maybe nostalgic stories that you perhaps forgot all the way up until today. Before we dive into the episode, I want to call out a couple of housekeeping items. As always, if there is a specific celebrity you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, there is a Google form where I welcome any and all suggestions for a future episode. That episode uh, suggestion form will be linked in the description of this podcast episode, so you can just click on there and suggest a celebrity you'd like me to cover in a future episode. Second, I've been starting to do mini-sode advice segments every Wednesday mornings. That's where I have a guest come on the podcast and we call out your quandary, your question that you've submitted via another Google form that you can find in the episode description, episode show notes. You can choose to remain anonymous or not, completely up to you. And we help solve all life's problems. And you can have, you know, we've had a sweeping generalization of questions, including like, how do you you know, kill it at work to how do you start a podcast to I hate my boyfriend. What do I do? It's anything goes. So please feel free to submit anything on there. Uh, thirdly, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. I am trying so goddamn hard to get signed to a media network. And the more reviews that I have on the show, whether it be on Spotify or Apple, it is so, so, so greatly appreciated. It honestly just legitimizes the show, allows me to gain more traction on the show, allows me to get more ad revenue on the show to continue producing great, great content for you guys. I would so appreciate it. And as always, I do a five-star reviewer shout out. If you are one of the, you know, amazing people that took the time out of their busy day to write me a review, I will give you a shout out up top of the episode in a couple of minutes. Finally, if you guys could please shoot me a follow on Instagram at xnazal. Anyone who knows me knows I want to be motherfucking famous. And part of that is increasing my Instagram engagement and following. I promise you guys, I am so fucking funny on Instagram. I do the funniest polls. I engage with every single one of you, every single one of my audiences. Sometimes if you guys send me super funny DMs, I'll respond to it via a voice note. Like I'm, I get down and dirty in the DMs, okay? So that's where it's at. 
Again, you can follow me at XNOSAL on Instagram. I will link that link in the show notes as well. Let's move on. All right, personal updates, normal updates. All right, so I'm going to be in New York in April, on April 20th. Um, for a couple days and I am actually meeting with a bunch of podcasters that I'm sure all of you know and love. I'm going to be meeting with Tori from Ready to Be Petty, Shannon from Fluently Forward, Emily Rhodes from It's Become a Whole Thing and Cam from What I Will Say. So we haven't really like nailed down the itinerary of what it is we're planning to do on this what you call podcast retreat but we are kind of toying around with the idea of a live show. I know who am I doing a live show? I mean, it wouldn't just be an Exxon's Not Live show. It'll be, we're still tossing ideas out there, but if you guys are interested in attending the live show, it will, if it does end up happening, it will be held in New York City at some venue that's TBD, but I would love for you guys to come. This is just a teaser, no actual information or details yet, but as they arise and become more confirmed, I'll discuss it both on the show and on my Instagram for those of you that are interested. Finally, the last thing before we dive into the episode is a five-star reviewer shout out. Shout out to Liz, Lo- Liz Loves Brad. I'm sure Brad isn't everything of the sort man. I mean, because if you love him and you love this show, that automatically means that you're an everything of the sort girly. Thank you so much for saying that you like my vibe. I like your vibe. You know, you're an, I'm an acquired taste, which means you're an acquired taste, which means that like if you don't like us, then you need to get some taste. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you guys sticking with me through this intro episode. Not much to report on from a personal perspective. As I said, I've been going through some crazy fucking things over the past week. And as I said last week, I don't even know if I'm ready to hash out what exactly has been happening in my life over the past week. And I'm not trying to be like gatekeeping anything. It's just, I don't think I fully processed it, nor am I really ready to talk about it. So when I am, I would definitely go on here to discuss it. But with all that being said, I so, so appreciate you guys who have stuck around, who have listened to me from the very beginning. I know everyone will like the near and dear listeners that are close to my heart will DM me and be like, I love your personal updates. It makes me feel like I'm catching up with a friend. I feel like I know you and like, I love you guys just as much as you love the show. Then you have those fuckers who are like, stop with the personal updates. You're so annoying. It's like, well, bitch, there are timestamps in the episode description. If you don't like to hear it and all you want to get to is the pretty little liars of it all, you are free to do so if you just look at the timestamps um, and you can skip right ahead. But with all, without further ado, let's get straight into the show. Pretty Little Liars first aired in the year 2010 and wrapped filming in six years later. No, excuse me, seven years later in 2017. So 2010, that was my freshman year of college. And I'm just trying to set the scene of where I personally was at because I'm sure most of you that are listening to the show can probably relate whether or not you were in college or not. It was like prior to streaming services. I remember when streaming services first became a thing, it was like Orange is the New Black when it aired on Netflix. And I was like in my senior year of college. So like, This was pre-us being able to binge a show all the way through. And due to the, like, complexity and, like, weirdness that is Pretty Little Liars, it makes me wonder if a show like this would even hold any traction if it were on normal network television today and not in a streaming service. Because it was – right now, it's very difficult to keep anyone's attention, right? We have TikTok and we're looking at videos – and switching from one video to the next between anywhere between like 30 seconds to three minutes. Our attention span is so low. And the fact that this show carried out for fucking seven years with so many twists and turns and ambiguity to who the hell A or AD was, 
is beyond me. I just don't think this show would even sh- like stand the test of time if it were being aired today. But I'm curious if you guys disagree or agree with that. So before I get into each character one by one, I want to just talk about a few random things about the Pretty Little Liars. And when I say Pretty Little Liars, I'm talking about Lucy Hale, Shay Mitchell, Ashley Benson, Troy Belserio, and Sasha Pietras. Sasha Pietras, who played Allie, interestingly enough, was only 13 years old when she was casted for the role. She also played a love interest aside Shay Mitchell's character, uh, Emily, Emily Fields. And Shay Mitchell was in her 20s at the time. And it's really interesting when you see a lot of these relationships, these celebrity, not, excuse me, not celebrity relationships, but acting relationships, whether it be on TV or movies, and you kind of parallel between like this person was this age and this person was this age. Like Brooke Shields in uh, The Blue Lagoon was like 16 and like her counterpart was like in his 20s. Like it's so egregiously different and kind of gross if you take a step back and really examine like, wow, this person was very much older than their counterpart who they were either eliciting in makeout scenes or even so far as sex scenes. Like another thing I can think of is when Jenny Humphrey had a thing with um, Nate Archibald on Gossip Girl and Jenny Humphrey was only like 16 and uh, excuse me, Taylor Momsen was only 16 at the time and Chase Crawford was like 23, 24. So this I think has become a lot more normalized in Hollywood from like even from as early as like you know the 70s when like whenever Brooke Shields was in the Blue Lagoon I'm not trying to age her I just I'm assuming that was an older film and it's recently come into the service where uh Penn Badgley who plays Joe Goldberg and you has you know he's been in the press a lot about explaining how he's very deterrent towards sex scenes in the fourth season of you because the show was so great like it was surrounded upon like these vitriolic intense sex scenes and I think that's what gave the show so much attention whether or not you want to admit it or not it was this passionate noir thriller almost and Penn Badgley has since come out and said you know I want to not only do I want to respect the sanctity of my marriage and reduce the number of love scenes and really just diminish it to zero love scenes come season four but I also think it's getting weirder and weirder because I'm getting older and older while my female counterparts on the show are also still very young so I'm like kind of am proud of him for standing up against the status quo that is Hollywood and just normalizing significant age gaps between love interests and this, this is just a really interesting kind of perspective between Sasha, Pietras, and Shay Mitchell, who were so vastly different in age, especially because it's not like Sasha was 16, 16 17, 18. She was 13 years old. That's a, that's a seventh grader. <laughs> like, what? And Shay Mitchell was in her 20s, so that's egregiously just not. Okay. Moving on. So Sasha, she originally auditioned to play Hannah. Um, even though she wasn't featured as much on the show until later seasons and because Allison was considered dead in earlier seasons, she originally auditioned to play the role of Hannah, but obviously the part went to Ashley Benson instead. And interestingly and ironically enough, Lucy Hale also auditioned to play the role of Hannah. But of course, I'm Arlene King, who's a showrunner of Pretty Little Liars, saw Aria as Lucy Hale, which in case she was later cast as such. Another couple of interesting facts is, and I definitely noticed this being a Gilmore Girls stan, and because Warner Brothers Studio lot was the place of, was a filming location for both Gilmore Girls and Pretty Little Liars, as well as a bunch of other like sitcom and other TV sets. The setting of Apple Rose Grill, where the girls hung out in Rosewood, is the same set as 
uses Luke Steiner on Gilmore Girls, which is like, if you know, you know. Like, I knew that instantaneously. I'm like, Rosewood is Stars Hollow. It's so obvious. The sets look so similar. All right, so let's take it back to the year of 2010, as I said. This was before, you know, a lot of body inclusivity movements, a lot of body inclusion discussions. Just, you know, this was pre-Lizzo. This was pre-all the things, right? It's incredible how much the cast was body shamed as the show went on for its seven-year run. And you have to remember, right, the girls were either they were really young, like Sasha was, or they were in their early 20s when the show first began. And when you're in your 20s, you know, depending on your body type, depending on your genetics, it's very uncommon for your body to fluctuate in weight. Like, I look at pictures of myself even four or five years ago when I was in my late 20s, and my face was far more pudgier than it is now. Maybe it's because... I've lost like a few pounds. I don't know my weight. I don't weigh myself, but like maybe it's because I actually did lose a little bit of weight by no intention or it's just baby fat. Whatever the case may be, it's never okay to shame a woman's body. Today's world, seven years ago, 20 years ago, it's never okay, but it's insane how much these girls were body shamed. So Ashley Benson said in an interview seven years ago how she was not casted for a role because she was quote unquote too big. And she later described in that same interview, you know, like, Things like this could easily like go to an eating disorder, but I don't allow it to get myself down because I know I'm not by any means a bigger-bodied person, and even if I were, why does that even matter? Excuse me for that sound. Um, why does that even matter if I were, in fact, a bigger-bodied person? Look, why is body diversity never seen in Hollywood? Like That's a problem in and of itself that goes beyond Pretty Little Liars. In 2017, Sasha Pietras, who played Allie, revealed that she was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and had gained 70 pounds as a result of this uh, PCOS. She said, quote, it was really, really hurtful the way people reacted, she revealed when she was a contestant on Dancing with the Stars. People were saying stuff like, she's pregnant, you're fat. They were angry. They were mad that I looked like this. And I remember Allie's significant weight increase during the show, and it was very visible and apparent, but I honestly had a feeling that there was something like health-wise because it's pretty abnormal for someone to gain that much weight in such a short amount of time, and it's really sad. Like, in fact, I was watching this on TikTok where Selena Gomez went live on TikTok, and there's a lot of discussions about her weight, you know, around you know recently, and Selena has gone through different body transformations over the past several decades, really. And a lot of that is attributable to the medications that she's on. She's been diagnosed and confirmed as having lupus. And my sister's a pharmacist. And my sister was explaining to me that the medications you're on, when you do suffer from an autoimmune disorder such as lupus, it makes you retain water. And as a result, you do get swollen and bloated. And people are kind of coming down on Selena like she doesn't look good. And it's really sad that people even, like Selena Gomez, even if you're an A-list celebrity like Selena Gomez, that you feel the need to de describe why you're gaining weight. It's like, okay, well, you're on medications. Like, people know that you're struggling physically with your health. Why do we even need to come out on a platform to discuss it? And I understand why Selena Gomez is doing it. And people like Sasha Pietras felt like they needed to do it. Because they're like, listen, it's not like I'm just out here binging a bunch of ice cream and Ben and Jerry's. Even if that she were, who gives a shit? Like it's no one's business but their own. But it's even sadder when it's something that's physically going on with their bodies and they have to almost defend it. Like I'm gaining weight, but this is the reason why. Like that should never even be a discussion. I'll get into Lucy Hale's weight 
in like her discussion around body image a little, in a little bit more detail when I discuss her individually later on in the episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, but the last thing I'll say about body image um, pertains to Choi and Belsario. So Choi said in an interview with Glamour Magazine several years ago, a lot of my experience through social media and being an actor was I have so many young women and men reach out to me and say, oh my gosh, you're so perfect. And look at this photo. You look perfect. And not only is that a lot of pressure for me, but it's a misrepresentation. This is me with two and a half hours of hair and makeup. This is me after 10 years of therapy for recovery. I'm not perfect. I've moved through something every single day and so has everybody else. That deserves to be recognized. I remember in towards like the later seasons of Pretty Little Liars, Spencer was dealing with an Adderall addiction and that was part of her storyline. And I remember during those scenes, she had lost a significant amount of weight and she's already, you can tell she's just a smaller boned, more petite, thin, thinner girl. But I remember being so kind of surprised by the amount of weight that she had lost. And I can imagine like already struggling with an eating disorder or having a history of struggling with an eating disorder, but being recovered and then also having to play up a part where your character is struggling with an Adderall addiction and they're losing weight because, you know, Adderall is in fact an appetite suppressant. That's not a, you know, not a secret. I wonder how triggering that might have been for her to have to lose weight for the role. I'm always very conscious of when people have to lose weight for roles and they specifically have had histories with body dysmorphia or body image. It makes me feel very sympathetic towards those characters. Moving on to the individual discussions about each cast member. So let's start with Ashley Benson. Let's discuss a few random facts about Ashley Benson. So Ashley Benson was supposed to play Jenny Humphrey on Gossip Girl. Why did I just say it like that? On Gossip Girl? Girl? But of course the show later selected Taylor Momsen. But I honestly feel like that was the right choice. I couldn't see anyone but Taylor Momsen playing Jenny Humphrey because I said it in my Gossip Girl episode that Jenny Humphrey's character was so underrated. I think rewatching the show, it's incredible how incre- it's incredible how incredible Taylor Momsen's performance is. I think she's such an underrated actress, and I really couldn't have seen anyone else do it as well as she did. Ashley Benson hasn't really started anything else since Pretty Little Liars, with the exception of a few indie films, including Her Smell, which casted Elizabeth Moss, and she was also in this recent indie noir thriller flick on Hulu that I came across recently and I was like what the fuck is this like I looked at the trailer and then I looked on Rotten Tomatoes and it had a 17% rating and I was like I'm not even gonna waste my time like this looks absolutely horrible even though I love Ashley Benson Ashley has also had a couple of brand partnerships with companies such as I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right Privervo for sunglasses and she also randomly came out with her own perfume line which is like what are we in 2006 the scent is called Ash by Ashley Benson. And on the website, it says, a scent should transport you through space and time. Ash by Ashley Benson takes notes of her most coveted experiences and brings them to mind using notes from her two, from two of her most endeared locations, which is East 12th and 8th Sense, which I am assuming is based out in New York City. Ashley on the website is quoted to say, I've always loved old hotel room keys with tassels on them. I would think about what li- lives they've lived decades or even centuries ago. It made me think about how scent is a funny thing. It has the same effect as those old keys. It can transport you through time, and that's what I hope to do with my new fragrance. The interesting part about Ashley's career is even though she hasn't really been a part of really any huge you know, shows or movies, 
She's been most notably famous for all of her relationships since the wrapping of Pretty Little Liars. So she had a relationship with G-Eazy and admittedly, I would let G-Eazy ruin my life. Like, <laughs> my friend Angie introduced me to like G-Eazy and I was like, wait, I don't get like the hype and I looked at photos of him and I'm like, oh my god, he's so motherfucking hot. But he's so problematic. He has been in a few high publicity relationships, including his relationship with Halsey. And Halsey literally has poetry about G-Eazy being so high on drugs that he's tried to choke her to death. She explores, Halsey explores fear, trauma, self-doubt, and failed relationships in her debut collection of poetry called I Would Leave Me If I Could. One poem in particular titled Lighthouse describes the behavior of one toxic ex-boyfriend in vivid, heartbreaking detail. Multiple lines suggest that it was inspired by G-Eazy, although he's never explicitly mentioned by name. She's quoted to say, He was almost seven feet tall, with black oily hair that stuck on his forehead in patches, like a Rorosh test when he'd sweat. And just, it's worth pointing out that G-Eazy's really tall, he's 6'4". The poem goes on to say, He would punch himself in his head, banging his fist against his forehead and temple, until his fingers, full of rings, left pictures on his skin, and his knuckles burst open. He would put his bleeding hand around my neck and press me against the wall. His eyes would flicker back to life, like a film projector malfunctioning in a pitch black cinema. And before the title card ran, he would stare at the space between my eyebrows, too cowardly to make eye contact, and say, I'm going to fucking kill you, and I would believe him. Which is like, yiker bikers. Sounds very, very scary. <laughs> and I have no doubt that once an abuser, always an abuser. So it makes me really sad that she would kind of keep a guy around like this for as long as she did next relationship is with Cara Delevingne the rumor is that Cara stepped out on Ashley with Amber Heard but even if that were true it doesn't justify Ashley's accents actions when she full throttedly just basically started supporting Johnny Depp after his trial Depp's camp started the rumor and had CCTV footage of Amber and Cara in an elevator Rumor has it that Ashley felt betrayed because they were all in the same friend group once and maybe Amber and Cara had claimed they weren't romantically linked, but it was all, it's almost like that, you know, don't be scared of this girl and then she ends up being with this girl. It's like, it's kind of messed up. Ashley Benson has since come out pretty pro-Depp and has even posted pictures of him after his trial in solidarity with him. The most recent relationship that Ashley Benson has been in that she's currently in is with oil heir Brandon Davis. Brandon Davis is an oil heir fortune, an heir to an oil fortune, and he was around a lot of Hollywood it girl circuits in the early 2000s. He's old friends with Paris and Nikki Hilton. He even dated Misha Barton when she was 18 and he was 25. A few random kind of snippets of Brandon Davis. Randomly, his brother Jason Davis, he played Mikey in the animated series Recess, which I was obsessed with as a kid. He died of an overdose very recently, just within the past couple of years. And Brandon Davis himself, he was on Celebrity Rehab in 2006. He entered the Passages facility in Malibu, which was a 75K per month center frequently sought out by the rich and famous. This was after his many a public meltdown. We all know Brandon Davis as making degrading graphic remarks about Lindsay Lohan during a stroll or on the streets of L.A., Remember when he was with Paris Hilton and if you guys are familiar with The Hills New Beginning Season 2 with Pizza Girl, Carolina Moray, she was also there randomly. But Davis 
Paris Hilton and Carolina Moore were walking back from a club and Paris was like acting like she was on the phone and Brandon Davis was brazenly just like drunkenly saying Lindsay Lohan's a fire crotch. I think she's worth about seven million, which means she's really poor. It's disgusting. She lives in a motel a motel. And he was literally a full grown adult when he was making these egregious statements. He was 27 years old. And then after that whole paparazzi scheme, he was seen wearing a t-shirt around LA that read Team Firecrotch. So he's just like a nothing of a sort kind of guy. But now Ashley Benson was seen dating him. They've gone public with their relationship over the past month. I just think it's really interesting the types of people that Ashley Benson chooses to bring onto her life. They seem to be all kind of drug-fueled people. And it always makes me wonder about Ashley because I know she grew up in Orange County. She's from Anaheim which is like North Orange County. It's near Disneyland. Like she comes from a seemingly like pretty normal family. And it always makes me wonder like how she got into this kind of like crazy edgy party scene. I know based on listening to Shannon's Fluently Forward episode about Pretty Little Liars, there's a lot of blind blind items about her being super into cocaine. And during the pandemic, she had this crazy like whirlwind of a birthday party and everyone was doing coke all over the place. It like, okay, Let's be real. Everyone in Hollywood does that. So just because Ashley Benson does it doesn't make it her necessarily like a drug addict by any stretch of the imagination. But I find it interesting that she constantly surrounds herself with people that have that specific MO about them. Like Brandon Davis, like Cara Delevingne, like g Easy. Like there is a certain a common denominator between all of these lovers, which always just makes me, I'm always just very interested in who she is because I find her to be incredibly private on social media. She really doesn't like to share anything. She seems pretty low key. I know that after Pretty Little Liars wrapped, she moved to New York City. She just kind of had this like indie kind of darkish kind of, not goth girl, but just had this darker kind of ensemble, darker kind of image to her. And it seemed like she didn't really give a fuck about being famous anymore. She kind of liked just being in this New York City social, kind of socialite era and being friends with Paris Hilton and not really being like this cookie cutter tween actress that she once was uh, in Pretty Little Liars but anyways all the best to Ashley Benson I think she's great I just would love to know more about her I would love her to do more interviews or podcasts or something but I think she likes a private which is fine all right moving on to Lucy Hale since Pretty Little Liars it seems as if every project that Lucy has been on goes down in flames she was the star of the CW's Katie Keene the CW's Life Sentence both CW shows that ended after one or two seasons it makes me sad because she's actually a legitimate actress and I think she's actually incredibly talented in fact there's this movie that didn't get nearly as enough credit as it should have it's called dude and it's on Netflix it was when she was still on pretty little liars I'm pretty sure it's kind of an old movie I think it was like from 2016 it's such a cute coming of age movie and it's like one of those movies that I'll take to the death like Georgia Roll that like no one ever gives credit to Lindsay Lohan for it being her best performance but like it was such a good movie same with dude I think Lucy Hale she there's like a sex scene in it like she just plays this dynamic kind of interesting complex character that we didn't really get to see on Pretty Little Liars and I fully appreciate it I highly recommend it I'm pretty sure it's still on Netflix again it's called dude she was also in an A24 thriller called Truth or Dare LOL shout out to my friend Angie who I just discussed up top about introducing me to GEZ I dragged her to the movie theater one night in San Francisco to see it with me and we thoroughly enjoyed it like A plus obsessed I feel like no one really cared about it but again I was obsessed with it I highly recommend it if you guys haven't seen it and if you like scary movies I liked it a lot 
She was most notably in the book turn movie, The Hating Game. I admit, I didn't see it. And it's quite surprising because I feel like anything Lucy Hale puts out, I'm always interested to see. Except I didn't even watch Katie Keener Life Sentence, so maybe that statement isn't as true as I'd like to think. But I'm sure it's good. You know, the she's always kind of just in these random kind of movies that are straight to Amazon Prime, you know, but I love that for her. It's no matter what, it seems like Lucy just wants to keep on working and you can't fault her for that. She's not like Ashley Benson or Troy and Belserio that are just trying to like let their pretty little pretty little liars fame just kind of dissolve. It's like she still wants to actively work and make money and I gotta respect the hustle. I will say that out of all the girls on the show, her and Shay Mitchell certainly have had the most illustrious careers post-PLL, with I think Shay being definitely the most famous, followed with Lucy as a close second. But before I dive into like a lot of other things with Lucy, I just want to discuss really quickly my own personal journey with Lucy Hale. For some reason, and this, even though I love her as much as I love her, something about her is incredibly triggering to me. And let me explain why. And I let me just disclose up top, I know this is a me thing. I know it's she, this is probably not for everyone and most people probably aren't as triggered by Lucy Hale as I am. But she just does a lot of things on whether it be social media or interviews or just like her interesting PR moves since PLL ended that bother me. For example, she suffers from pretty gnarly eating disorders and she's discussed that in multiple interviews. And there was one thing that happened that it was in, let's see, I think it was in like 2017 or soon after PLL wrapped. She posted a picture of her and her father and the quote was, the caption said, you you taught me how to have soul. I love you, daddy. And Scotty Cunha, who is a well-notable, many, like pretty famous celebrity hairstylist responded like Slay Queen or something to that effect. And she at mentioned him back, back on the comments and she goes, at Scotty Cunha, ugh, I was so fat. Which is like, you know what the fuck you're doing when you say that? Okay, and first of all, I'll post this picture to my Instagram at XNOSOL. She doesn't look fat. It's like, she has like, a fuller like fuller boobs her face is a little bit more pudgy but as I mentioned like there are plenty of photos that I come across in like 2019 I'm like Jesus my face was swollen but it's probably because it was just baby fat and I'm getting older but like she knows what she's doing and like I definitely would have done this shit when I was younger when I was struggling with body image to like make it so people would pay attention to me to be like oh you're not fat like I don't know she just kind of screams like thirst monster and she kind of pulls out all of her insecurities and displays it on social media very blatantly and for some reason, that's kind of triggering to me, probably because I'm probably the same way, okay? I'm nothing but self-aware, okay? But people were pretty up in arms about this comment of her calling herself fat. People were like, wait, what the fuck? Why would you say that? You don't look fat. And people that are quite heavier, more heavier than you are on this photo, this makes us feel like shit. So she addressed the criticism on Twitter and said, sometimes I forget that people are watching everything I do and I say things I don't mean. I'm extremely sorry if my comment about my weight offended anyone. Sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. I know people look up to me and I should be way more aware of what I say sometimes. Thanks for all of your love and support. Hope y'all can forgive me! Exclamation point. It's like, okay, well you kind of knew what you were doing if you put that in a public forum. Not on a DM, but on a comment on your own public picture, you twat. Lucy Hale talks about her weight fluctuations often. She had one specific magazine interview where she says, quote, You did feel like you had to uphold some sort of image the whole time. She was discussing about her time during filming of PLL. She notes that while she's always been very petite, her body has changed throughout her 20s. She is human after all, which didn't exactly line up with her very young character. She said, quote, I gained a little bit of weight and seeing how people reacted to that really messed with my head. As the show got more and more famous, Hale became more and more famous and the stress of it 
trying to maintain that perfect image began showing on her skin. I started getting all these stress-related, hormone-related breakouts. She said she used the creative term. It created like, wow, I can't speak today. She said she started getting all these stress-related hormone breakouts. And she said the creative team even had to go as far as to use a specialty light for her skin when they were filming. I remember when watching that movie Truth or Dare, that thriller I just talked about up top, she was incredibly thin. And I remember being quite triggered by the weight loss. Like, she was probably at least 25 pounds lighter than she was when she was, like, at the peak of her career in Pretty Little Liars. And the thing is, like, I'm about Lucy Hill's, like, size. And I think for me, I've always really loved that she was a shorter girl, but she wasn't, like, a stick straight, straight-lined body. I always liked that she had a bit of curves. And I remember watching her in Truth or Dare and being astonished by her weight loss and being like, oh, my God, this girl looks like she's in, a, like, a 12-year-old's body. It was It was crazy. Then I remember there was this one time where in 2019, Julia Michaels released a song called Body on her inner monologue part two record. And there's these lyrics that clearly point to Julia Michaels struggling with body dysmorphia. And I remember Lucy Hale reposted the song on Instagram. And she's like, oh my God, I respect you, Julia Michaels, so much for talking about body image and stuff like that. And the, the lyrics go like this. Why do you talk to yourself like that? And I say, I don't know why. Oh, you say all these things that are just in my mind. Kiss me till I'm all right. I just want to love my body like you love my body. I want to look in the mirror and tell me that it's beautiful like you do. I want to love my body like you love my body. I want to make it feel like it's incredible like you do. And I don't want to see what you see, but I want to, I want to, I want to love my body like I love your body. And I remember being like, God damn it, she's so thirsty about her weight. Like just, I don't know, maybe it's because like my (laughs) struggles with like eating and stuff have been so private and I just don't really like to put it out for the world to see. It's like, just if you want to talk about it, maybe talk about it with a therapist. Anyways, I'm being judgmental, but that's just kind of my trigger story with her. I also want to point out, she just seems to be like a thirsty-ass motherfucker. I follow this page called starstyle.com, and they post all celeb- like outfits that celebrities wear. Anywhere from like the handbag that they're wearing, to the shoes, to the socks, to the shirt, to the bottoms, like... They're really descriptive and it's all just through path blocks. And when I tell you, Lucy Hale is on that site every fucking day, even though her relevance has completely dwindled since PLL stopped filming. It's insane. But she has a crazy PR marketing team. And I think, like I said, she's a hustler. Whether she wants to be in random movies or she wants to be path walked with Colton Underwood, who came out as gay literally like six months after their path walk. She just, she gives me thirsty vibes. And I think that's why it's like, she wants to be super mysterious, but at the same time, like, she gives too much sometimes. And I think that's why I don't, like, I have a love-hate relationship with her, if that makes any sense. So here's a couple of stories I found on Reddit about people that have met her in the flesh, which I found to be quite surprising, but let me just read what they say. A user on Reddit said the following. We were all NYU students, and she was friends with our friend. Let's call him Bob. Lucy met up with us at a bar absolutely trash and continued to get more wasted. She then tried to throw herself at Bob, who was there with his girlfriend. When he turned her down, she started calling his girlfriend an ugly fat cow. His girlfriend at the time was a model and a straight-A student. We all laughed it off. Then we decided to move to another location, a bar with dancing. Multiple people tried to put her in a cab to send her back to her hotel. She just kept tagging along. When we got to the next location, the bouncer at the door, checking IDs, wouldn't let her in because she was too drunk to be offered to help her get a cab home. She started screaming at him like, do you know who I am? And threatened to have him fired. He had no idea who she was and people in the line started shouting that she was a pretty little liar and after he asked if she was drunk, she had said no. 
I laughed very hard and then eventually helped her get into an Uber back to her hotel. My boyfriend at the time had to literally carry her to the Uber and she tried to kiss him. She's a mess and a total brat. She also refused to speak to any of the girls out with us, myself included, and mocked my dress and said it made me look poor. She's a horrible person. Another person wrote, a friend of mine met Lucy Hale and says that she's an un- she's unnecessarily rude. She, my friend, worked for the guys who did Pretty Little Liars marketing advertisement, and she was at an event where she got to meet the cast. She was never she never really got into PLL, so she wasn't being a crazy or excessive fan. She does love fashion, though, and she complimented Lucy's dress, and she said that Lucy just rolled her eyes at her and scoffed. This is kind of crazy because one of my good friends from San Francisco, his sister is legit like a model she's fucking beautiful and she tried to do the acting thing for a while she lived in LA and I remember my friend in SF told me that his sister who's honestly like kind of looks like Lucy Hale but is even she kind of actually looks like Shay Mitchell my friend's sister and they were at a bar and I guess Lucy Hale got mad at my friend's sister because she ended up getting with the guy that Lucy Hale wanted it just seems like Lucy Hale has a lot of insecurities with men because that seems to be like a common theme in all of these like posts and I've heard it like from a secondhand source myself on another note it seems like after the show it seemed like Lucy struggled pretty significantly when the show wrapped she said in an interview it was such a crazy experience to be a part of something that was massive on a global scale the show changed our lives overnight We were so young, so busy, and overworked. But you're up on this mountain and you're like, wow, everything is so great. People love us. But then when you step outside of that, you're like, that's not normal. After the show ended, it was a dark time in my life. It made me realize, oh God, I actually don't know what I like about myself. One last thing I'll point out about Lucy is it seems during the entire filming of the show, she seemed to always be on the outs with her co-stars. And I think even most recently, she had met up with Sacha Pietras, who played Allie on the show. And... She posted it to her socials, but she never, never posts with any of the cast. And it seems like the rest of the cast, like Ashley, Shay Mitchell, and Chuan are all still friends. And Lucy Hill is not friends with them, nor was she during filming. Most recently in 2021, Ashley and Lucy went to this Annie Bing party and they both posted it on their stories. Neither mentioned one another or even took photos together. And it seems like, you know, after the show wrapped, the girls claimed to be like family. They even got matching tattoos um, with the initials of their characters on their finger where they did the shh. But I don't know. It's just a little weird and confusing seeming that they were both at the same event and they didn't even pose for a photo together. It's just like, what's going on there? And I remember also when the show was airing, Sasha had released music, like a single in 2013, and all the girls shared it to their social medias and their Twitters and their Instagrams. But juxtapose that with when Lucy came out with an entire album and literally none of the girls shared it on their socials. And this was just a year later after Sasha had released her single. BuzzFeed interviewed the girls in a lot of separate videos and they asked each of them who from the show they would call that moment to have a chat. And Lucy picked Janelle Parrish who played Mona while all the other girls picked each other. There's a video that I came up with um, five years ago in 2018 with Entertainment Weekly and Lucy Hale acknowledges that she knew Ashley prior to filming and Ashley doesn't even acknowledge it. Like, it's really awkward and I'll play the clip right now. <laughs> no, I, Ashley was one of my first friends in LA. Um, so I knew you, her. I remember because um, we were filming in Vancouver and one night Shay wanted to like take us out yeah, and you took us to that su- Vancouver is nice. So we were like super excited <laughs> and she took us to the sushi <laughs> place like, this is awesome. and then we went dancing and yeah. then it started raining and we all walked back to the hotel. So it was fun. 
so it's not obvious through just listening to the audio that there was tension, but essentially what happens is Lucy acknowledges that, you know, her and Ashley Benson knew each other prior to filming. They were even on the OC together um, during the later seasons of the OC when it was like the hottest show on television. And Lucy looks up at, you know, Ashley and she goes, you know, Ashley was one of my first friends in LA and Ashley doesn't even so much as like nod or smile. She just changes the subject and talks about the first night when they were filming the pilot, that the girls were in Vancouver and they all went out for sushi and like went out dancing. It's just kind of uncomfortable and it just seems like there's something going on there. The Troy and Shane Ashley during 2014, 2015, 2016, they all had hundreds of Instagram posts together. Ashley and Shay were even calling themselves Bada Benzo. They were inseparable. They were always on one another's Snapchats. But it was always very, like, blatant that they Lucy Hale was never there. And then most notably, when Troy and Belsario had her bachelorette trip, which I believe took place in Italy, Lucy was notably absent. I think with Lucy, there, there's been, like, a lot of discussion, too, with, like, Leighton, Meester, and Blake Lively. And I think it's very easy for us as outsiders to put women who are on the same show that are playing best friends to be best friends in real life. And like, that's what people often assume with like Blake Lively and Lake Meester. They're like, you guys have such great best friend chemistry on screen. Why does that not happen off screen? And I think there's definitely some theories why I think Lucy was absent. I think a lot of it perhaps was attributable to like what happened with Blake and Leighton, where they said Leighton was like just a little bit more to herself. She kind of went to work, clocked in, did her scenes, walked home, whatever. I think Lucy to an extent was similar to Leighton in that she was just a bit more normal. She didn't seem as like buddy-buddy with a lot of the girls, but mainly that was probably just like, you know, personality difference. I mean, how many times do you go to work and you have coworker friends, but like you don't really hang out outside of work? That's so common. It's not any different in Hollywood than it is in like a corporate environment. What I will say is there's something to be said about girls that don't get along with other girls. And I always say this until the day I die, but maybe it's because I grew up with a sister or I grew up with like a lot of female friendships all the way from like elementary school to date. But I've always had girlfriends surrounding me and I've never been a bitch to not have girlfriends. And if I'm in like a small group of girls, I'm always close with everyone. So it does kind of make me raise an eyebrow a bit at Lucy of like, why is it that all the girls were getting along and you were always the one iced out? Now, there are some allegations on Dumois and take it with a grain of salt, this is all alleged, that at the beginning of filming, when they first started filming PLL in 2010, the girls were at a party, and allegedly Lucy Hale was caught making out with Ashley Benson's boyfriend at the time in a bathroom. And that kind of was the impetus and the catalyst of the girls not liking Lucy and them kind of banded together with Ashley. And it was like them against Lucy. And I, who's to say if that's really true, but seeing all these like blind items and just about like stuff I've heard from like a secondhand perspective of like how Lucy is with guys, it honestly wouldn't surprise me. And seeing as how insecure she is like about her body and stuff and she's kind of wanting external validation, it kind of, it kind of tracks. Moving on to Troy and Belsario, honestly, she's so normal. I don't have really much anything else to say about her except she was a student at USC. She studied acting. Both of her parents were in the industry, making her in fact a Nepo baby. She married Patrick Adams, who played in Suits and attended the royal wedding because Meghan Markle was on Suits. Moving on to Shay Mitchell, I think out of all the PLLs, she certainly did her career the best. She's had a, a lot of acting gig, gigs since the show wrapped, including 
playing a supporting character in You as Peaches. She was a star in Hulu's show called Dollface. She was in Mother's Day, that movie with like, that was kind of like a New Year's Day, Valentine's Day adjacent, where there's like 9 million actors on the show. And she's really created YouTube as like kind of being her MO. She's also partnered with, I think, that one travel bag. So she's just done a lot of partnerships and she's created like herself as almost this influencer with star power of like a B-list celebrity. And good for her. I think she's made a lot of money because of it. And I wouldn't be surprised if she was the most rich out of all the girls just simply because of her YouTube and campaigns and partnerships. I think it's really interesting because she was by far the weakest actress on the show but she certainly had the longest longevity in Hollywood despite being the oldest despite being well maybe I think maybe Troyan was a little bit older than her but she definitely like one of the older of the girls she was by far the weakest actress by a long shot but she's had the most illustrious career and good for her I think she that's largely because she's like perfect looking that's why I'm convinced it's like god I'm going off on a couple tangents but that's how I feel about Alex Cooper sometimes I'm like the bitch is so gorgeous. Like, of course she's famous. I mean, she has a work ethic that's amazing, but it's like, well, she has a pretty privilege and that's what I think Shay Mitchell has a lot of. All right, let's end on Sacha Pietras. Uh, they, she is pretty interesting because she's been with her husband for years since like the show really began. But what's interesting is she was born in 96 and her husband was born in 89 when they just started posting about each other on social media, she was 16 years old and Hudson Schaefer, her husband, was 23. Okay, so if they just started posting when she was 16 years old, I'm willing to bet that they were together for a far long time prior to her turning 16. So when she was probably 14 and he was 21, which is literal predation. That's predatory. Someone posted on Reddit and I thought this was pretty compelling. Sasha's husband Hudson is a creep. They moved in together in a house she no doubt bought because I don't think the dude ever worked a real job the second that she turned 18. They got engaged when she was 19 and friends of theirs were commenting on her announcement post that him proposing was a long time coming. I think she's actually 15 in the pic of them on vacation together with her parents, which was taken from her dad's Facebook, by the way. So that's the earliest they started dating, but could be even earlier. I feel like I read somewhere they met at church or something and they've known each other since she was like eight or nine. It's gross, but the crazy part is how everyone around them just accepted it. Like her parents and her quote-unquote regular friends were just totally cool with her being a literal child in a relationship with a grown man and then marrying that man before she even got a chance to actually live her life. People talk about how mature she was on the set of PLL, but she was still a child. I've always wondered what some of her castmates think of the guy. Considering Troyan has spoken out about how inappropriate their relationships were between the characters and all the older guys on the show, I feel like Troyan would have some interesting opinions on this clown. Which, honestly, I never thought about that when they were filming, but because she was so young, but she was alongside and juxtaposed against so much, so many characters that were so many years older than her, some of them like even a decade older than her, we didn't doubt it back in the day, but I think even now it's kind of like, that's really fucking weird that her husband was 23 when she was only 16. Like, imagine that's like right out of college and then your friend who's right out of college is dating a sophomore in high school. That's problematic and disgusting and I have no doubt that he was grooming her it's just inappropriate and gross the last thing I want to point out is I'm Arlene King who's the executive and executive producer and showrunner of PLL she wrote my favorite movie now and then starring Demi Moore Christina Ricci Rosie O'Donnell uh it's one of the most classic coming of age female stand by me movies there ever were and I'm shocked that not as many people know about it because you guys know I'm all about like random like 
unique movies that no one's heard about. So put this on the list with Georgia Rule. Now and Then, it's written by the same person who did all of PLL. It's such a sweet movie. There has some mystery. There's some murder. There's some ghosts. It's like it takes place in the 60s. It has the best soundtrack ever. Like I really want you guys to watch it and let me know because I think there's a lot of parallels between uh, the characters of Now and Then and the characters of PLL. With that being said, you guys, thank you so much for joining me along on this PLL journey. I had such a good time. No matter what, the show will always have a near and dear place in my heart. And one of these days, I want to do a rewatch to see if it really holds the test of time. I'm willing to bet that it does not. But thank you so much for following along. Please rate, review, subscribe. I love you guys so much. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you.